listening to stevefogg.com podcast. A conversation designed to help you increase your influence online and create more impact. And here's your host, Steve Fogg. Well, hey everyone, welcome to stevefogg.com's podcast. It's Steve here, and today I have Brady Shearer with me. Brady is the creator of ProChurchTools.com. ProChurchTools essentially helps leaders learn creative skills to get their churches noticed. And, you know, ProChurchTools can help you with beautiful church graphics, create your own videos, improve your church website, create a compelling church brand, tackle your social media, much, much more. But one of the things I found which was really useful for me uh, was that Brady has a toolkit and it's called How to Design Seven Beautiful Church Graphics in 11 Minutes. And it's free and you can go to their website. I'll leave some stuff in the show notes where you can go and download that kit for free. It's really, really useful. I found it useful and hope you can too. And I'm so pleased that I've got Brady with me today. Hey, Brady, how are you doing? I am doing extraordinarily well, Steve. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, look, I'm glad to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you on the show. And you have 120 podcasts under your belt already. It's true. We have been doing it now for more than two years. Every single Tuesday, the Pro Church podcast goes live inside of iTunes. And we have crossed, we have eclipsed the 120 session mark. Yeah. And podcasting is a beast, Steve, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. It is, uh, it's very, very time consuming to put out a new session every single week, but we've been committed to it. And yeah. I think uh, Pro Church Nation has benefited from it. So it's been great. Yeah, I love that Pro Church Nation. It's like, woohoo, we all feel part of your community on your podcast. I listen to it. I'm still catching up. Um, I listened to your 100th episode last week. Uh, and I, I, one of the things I love about podcasting is that, and this is why I started podcasting, is because you can actually have a conversation and you know you can actually dive down on topics that you can't do in a blog post because a blog post you're kind of essentially writing quite a short kind of targeted focused blog post but the thing I love about podcasts is that you know we can take this wherever we want to go and you know often I find even already I'm only like you know a few episodes in I'm finding that you know you can actually go back and circle back and dive deeper into a topic that you know, we didn't even plan um, to speak about. And that was the lovely thing. I was listening to um, your interview with Justin Dean and Van Baird um, yesterday. So I'm, I'm kind of chopping and changing all, all over the place with your episodes at the moment. But um, love that interview. And um, gosh, those guys are f- so funny. They're so, so funny. They're an absolute hoot. And what the other thing is, I've never met you. I'm, you know, face to face. I've never met them face to face, but you can get this unique connection. It's very, uh, and from a communications point of view, that you know, you get this unique connection, like you almost know them. But obviously, you know, we don't know each other that well. I know that you're an avid baseball fan, but I would never know that from a blog. That's but true. I, but I know that because of what I see on social media. That every time I see you on social media, you're at some sort of baseball game trying to. What are you trying to knock off? What's the record there? Well, there are 30 active baseball stadiums for Major League Baseball in North America. And so I'm going to every single stadium. I've been to 23 so far. I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona next week, and that'll be 24. Okay. So you're really just trying to reel them all off. 
It's true, yeah. One after another. I'm a huge baseball fan. And what's great about baseball is every stadium is unique, unlike other sports that have to fit the same dimensions and every single playing field is identical. In baseball, every stadium has its own unique flares and quirks. And so it makes for a fun summer experience outdoors with your friends, with your family. It's great. Did you know that baseball is kind of like America's answer to cricket? Have you ever heard of cricket? Of course. I played it in high school gym class. It was a challenge mastering the rules, and if I had to do it today, I surely have forgotten them. But I, I did enjoy doing it for that one week in high school. Yeah, look, cricket is our version of uh, baseball. Some people love it, some people hate it because it actually goes for five days here. Yeah, I mean that would. I mean, I was upset the other day. We were in Colorado, and in the middle of a thirty-five degrees Celsius day, which is incredibly hot, a hundred degrees Fahrenheit day, there was a hailstorm, and the game got delayed. The attendants in the outfield were literally doing snow angels in the snow that had collected from the hail, and so the game started three hours late, and then the game took five hours. And I was home at like three thirty a.m. my time, and wow. it was like an eight-hour game. But that pales in comparison to a five-day event. I can't imagine what that would be like. <laughs> it's actually quite thrilling, believe it or not. But you've got I'm to sure. Yeah, but you've got to the attend. stamina. You've got yeah. to have stamina. Yeah, yeah, and it's in our summer, so it is. You know, stinking hot here. It's mid thirties here, and uh, those guys are just standing out in the sun all day, and uh, it's quite, quite, quite amazing. But I didn't get you here to talk about baseball or cricket. What I got you to here to talk about was storytelling now storytelling is an overused word often in church communications world because you know as soon as you say storytelling everyone kind of rolls their eyes and goes it's the same old same old but there's a unique um uh, power to storytelling and i really wanted to dive down into that space with you today so could you give me your take on what storytelling really helps uh in church communications well, look, I don't want to waste anyone's time today. I don't want to waste any of your listeners' time today, Steve. And it can feel very cliche mm. for someone to say, you know what, you just need to tell more stories. You need to become a storyteller because that has been, like you said, a very popular term in all of communications for the last decade or so. And the reason for it, like most cliches, is it is founded in truth. But what I don't want to do is is just glaze over it for this reason, Steve, this single reason. We have had 2,500 plus churches go through Pro Church Academy with us, which is our main online training school for churches. Oh. We've worked hands-on with close to 500 churches over the last several years, creating their video announcements. And so I have seen firsthand from small churches to medium churches to large churches of every demographic, of every ethnicity around the world, not just North America, I've seen their promotions. I have literally read churches announcements and promotions for years close to 5,000 individual sets of video announcements not like wow. 5,000 announcements 5,000 sets of video announcements that have at least five to seven announcements in each so many many announcements yeah. and what I would like to tell you as we <laughs> record here Steve is that churches have a strong grasp on storytelling <laughs> that because it's been such a cliche and because it's been talked about for so long churches now understand it and are using it but unfortunately that is untrue churches do not have a firm grasp on storytelling the average church does not now here's what i do see in storytelling steve in the church i see pastors beginning their messages with with what i'd call illustrations mm. very few pastors that i see inter 
weave story into their messages week in and week out. What I do see is illustrations. In fact, if you Google sermon illustrations, you will find entire sites dedicated to funny little stories. I hesitate to even use the word story. Funny little anecdotes, let's say, that people can use, the pastors can use at the beginning of their messages. Now, that's not storytelling. That's just using a fun little anecdote. And what's so upsetting for me about that is that storytelling is the most powerful form of human communication. Scientifically proven, what storytelling can do that no other form of communication can do is it can cause our brains to focus. Up to two-thirds of our waking hours, Steve, are spent daydreaming. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, it's very likely that you're thinking about what's for dinner or what you're going to do this evening with your wife or what you're going to watch on TV. That's what our brains are most of the time spent engaged in. We're just kind of actively daydreaming as we go about life. But what stories allow us to do is they pull us out of this dream foggy state and they cause us to focus. You've likely noticed this. And if you haven't noticed it, I encourage you to start paying attention because you will begin to notice it. Wait until someone starts telling a story and you'll notice that you immediately kind of get drawn into the story and you start listening more intently. There is no other form of human communication that can do that. And so if we're communications directors, if we are in any capacity overseeing or contributing to the communications of our church, it is in our absolute best interest to become powerful storytellers. And here's one more great thing, Steve, about storytelling. Unlike fads and trends and social platforms and this just intimidating, overwhelming amount of platforms that you and I feel like we need to understand. Storytelling is timeless. It's been with us since the very beginning of human history, and it's not going anywhere. And so if you can learn it, it's not something that you're going to have to discard in a couple of years when you know Snapchat is bigger than Facebook or Pokemon Go is the ultimate social platform. It's somehow replaced every social platform, and all we're doing is catching Pokemon. If you can learn storytelling, you'll be set. Yep. And so it's worth the investment. Yeah. I love what you said there because you have this unique insight that I don't have because I serve in one church uh, that many listening won't have because they're serving in one church and we had a, have our heads down, we're, we're racing for Sunday, we're trying to get everything ready for Sunday and you have this unique view across um, different denominations, different cultures and I love the fact that you say that um, storytelling is that consistent thread that's weaved and it's applicable no matter what your cultural context, because let's face it, there's some very different cultures, even in America. And I know in Australia, you know, we've got urban context, we've got um, country context, um, we've got different ethnic contexts, um, you know, but that one consistent thread that we can all use is storytelling. So what makes a good story? That's a great question, Steve. And this is where I think most communication when it comes to training and instruction on storytelling starts to break down because most of us are really good at imploring people to become storytellers. And then when it comes to the actual specifics, it's it's very difficult to teach. What we like to do at Pro Church Tools is we like to break down everything as much as possible to step-by-step procedures and even formulas as much as we can. Because what this allows us to do is it gives us kind of a concrete approach to approaching really any skill, whether that's cinematography, social media, general communications, or in this case, storytelling. And so we have a three-step formula that 
we call the church storytelling formula. And so step one, it's a lead with a problem. Step two is a mentor with a blueprint. And step three is a result from a decision. So a lead with a problem, a mentor with a blueprint, a result from a decision. One, two, and three. Every story, especially in the church world, can be broken down into that formula in some way. Now, is this the only exclusive formula for all stories in human history? Well, of course not. Though there has been some scientific research just in the last week or so that has come out saying that basically all stories can break down into six central plots. So stories are basically virtually the same in almost every context. Now this one we've specifically developed for churches, and it, it works really great for churches, but there is one key kind of twist to the storytelling formula. And, and so I'm going to pose this question to you, Steve. Mm. Of those three steps, I'll say them one more time, a lead with a problem, a mentor with a blueprint, a result from a decision. Where do you think the church fits in in that three-step arc, in the three-step storytelling formula? Oh, gosh, where do we fit in? Well, often I can only speak from my experience when I'm so I'm, I'm normally doing an interview with someone. And um, often um, I find that um, if I ignore step one, um, steps two and steps three um, never come out. Um, or if I can't get that first step and, and the problem, uh, and so often it's a testimony, uh, and I'm off camera and I'm asking the questions on camera, uh, but they're not included in the final edit. But if I can't dive down into step one in terms of the problem, or in terms of the issue going on in someone's lives, and I can't get them to open up, steps two and step three become irrelevant. So I've sat there in interviews and and I'm trying really, really hard to uh, get people feel settled, get people feel relaxed, um, and to open up. Uh, to and often I'll go, I'll, I'll approach step one last because I find that people are comfortable. Uh, and once people are comfortable, they're more likely to open up. Uh, so generally, I, I find that uh, for, for in my situation, if I lead with step one, when I've just met someone for the first time, it's, hey, how you doing? You know, come on, sitting under all these lights and there's lights and there's people milling around behind me. I've got two videographers behind me. I've got a sound person like this. And you can see their eyes go like this. There's no way they're going to say, hey, my name's Joe Bloggs and this is my problem. It's very rare that that happens. Uh, but I can get them to just share a little bit about themselves, get them to tell a little bit of their story. Uh, and in that story, there's usually a phrase like a dark place or a bad place. And there's usually a, a, an oblique reference to that. But I never cover that at the start, even if they offer that up, because they, um, they, they're never comfortable enough to tell the real story. Um, because they're just getting started. They're getting used to the lights. They're getting used to the fact that people are moving around and not focusing on them. Uh, so it's a very, it's very, you know, they're just regular people. And um, so I, I find for, for my own particular situations, and, and I'm still learning this storytelling process. So that's why I'm so keen to, to hear from your point of view as well. But step one is vital um, to steps two and steps three. I think what I find is that for most churches, 
um, and I'm going to take a punt here, but most churches would probably start at step three. And they'd start um, with a typical, this is kind of the celebration moment, when actually the power of the story is in actually in step one. Uh, and the most powerful stories we've had is where people have actually been vulnerable and open up about their lives because essentially everything in our world, uh, certainly here at Crossway, is about people. And, you know, it's about people being transformed by Jesus and how they've encountered Jesus. So in some way, Jesus is a part of that narrative. And, um, and if all we ever present is this shiny everything's all right now um, narrative, um, the power of the story gets lost. So that's really what I see. I, I see sometimes that people jump to step three, whereas actually it's step one for me, which is the most powerful um, step to take. Yeah, absolutely. You, you hit on so many important characteristics of a good story, Steve. And what I was getting at was that in, in our three-step church storytelling formula, there, there are two characters. We've got the lead and we've got the mentor. And the the twist of this storytelling formula, and, and again, I'm purposefully glossing over some of the good points that you made, Steve, because I because we'll get to those, I think, in just a sec, and I don't want to neglect to answer this question that I did pose to you. I don't want to leave our listeners hanging. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the twist is that churches want to inject themselves into the lead role. Churches want to be the lead character in the story. Yep. And, and so, for instance, I, I don't know about you, Steve, but I am a massive Star Wars fan. Before we even jumped on the call today, I was sur- like surveying Twitter, and I saw something about Rogue One, the Star Wars story that's being released this year in 2016, and I was reading that article when I got your Twitter message. And so, um, to use Star Wars as a parallel, when the, when the story begins, we are the very first one I'm talking about, A oh. New Hope, episode yep. four. The very first Star Wars begins, and we're introduced to this guy, Luke Skywalker, and he's living on this planet of Tatooine, and his life is going nowhere. He's got some friends that are doing some fun things, and he is working with his aunt and his uncle. He doesn't even know his parents. They're dead for his, for all he knows. He's working on their moisture farm. It's boring. We're presented right away with a lead with a problem. And our churches really want to be the lead character in our story. But the problem is that when we position our churches as the lead character in the story, what we're not doing is actually playing the role in the story that we should be. Because the role that your church should be playing in the story is the mentor with a blueprint. Because every single person that's walking into your church is the lead character in their own story. And they're coming to your church on a Sunday morning, on a Wednesday night. They're interacting with your church online, through digital, throughout the week. And they have so many of their own problems to consider. They're worried about their kids' grades in school. They're worried about their marriage. It's not as good as they thought it would be. They're worried about the internal family conflict. They've got problems at work. They haven't gotten that promotion. They feel like their job is not nearly close to what they wanted to do their entire life. And they're coming into church and they're expecting you to guide them into the life centered in Christ that they want moving forward. And so when our churches play the lead of play the uh, role of the lead character, what we're doing is we're completely flipping the script and we're really ruining storytelling for the way it's supposed to be. Because what happens is churches want to be the lead character. And so, you know, the church walks in and goes, look, we're, we're Luke Skywalker here. My pastor, 
he's Luke Skywalker. And, and we're just kind of the rebel alliance, the army that runs alongside him as we accomplish the goal of the church. But that's not really the way that the church is supposed to be set up. What the church is supposed to be is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right, Steve? Yep. Classic Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. And so what our job is, is to come alongside Luke. Luke, Luke doesn't even believe in himself. His life is not the way it want, he wants it to be. He has no faith that his life can change. And when Obi-Wan comes in and says, look, you were actually made for so much more. You have a greater purpose than this. And I know you don't even really believe it, but there's something much greater for you than the life you're living right now. And I'm going to help you get there. That is the role that the church is supposed to play. That is the role of the mentor with a blueprint coming alongside the lead character. So every single person that walks into your church on a Sunday morning, a Saturday night, a Wednesday night, whatever it is, they're all the lead characters in their own story. And the best way to position your church, storytelling. This isn't about telling an individual story in a video necessarily. This is about storytelling as a macro concept, not in a micro form, is to position your church as the mentor with the blueprint. All these people are coming in saying, we need hope. We need purpose. We need community. And your church is saying, we've got the blueprint for all of those things. We're going to guide you through it. We're going to be the mentor. And we're going to help you, the lead character, accomplish your dreams and live the fully fulfilled life in Christ that you were meant to. That's great. That's great. I get what you're talking about now. Um, I phrased the question poorly yeah. originally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So essentially what you're saying is that really, um, you know, we're, we're – uh, um, a cast member really and you know the the hero is really you know the the person who's been on that journey and they're the focus and it's through the transformation of that person's life that actually you know the, the obi-wan kenobi character really comes through anyway um but they don't need to be the primary player so that's that's really really good so in terms well, of and you even said it yourself steve i sorry to interrupt yeah. you but you even said like at crossway we're all about people yeah. and churches will say that all the time we're all about people but in reality all the promotions all the programming and all the service elements are all about how can we further the mission of the church mm. and i know this kind of is is inverse thinking for so many people but if you can actually empower your people that in turn is going to actually do so much better for fulfilling the mission of your church than if you focus inwardly on your pastor and your numbers and what you're doing. Focus, I mean, th this is the upside-down kingdom which we see in the Christian faith and in the Bible just applied to church, which yeah. is, of course, consistent, you know, serving others first and watching how that is actually the way to life. Yeah. So there's three steps. Take us through step by step how you would approach, because obviously testimonies are probably the, the most common story that we've, most churches have got to tell. Tell us how you would approach um, a testimony, for example, um, in that format. For sure. We, we've, we create so many different video stories, um, video testimonies at our church in particular. And so this is something I'm very familiar with. And, and I do want to take this in a practical direction. I don't just yeah. want to, you know, talk. Ho hopefully this formula is practical, but if we can give you some actual context for when and how we use it, it can hopefully become even more practical. So for instance, we were just filming a story the last week, yeah. six days ago. And so when I went into sitting down in this video, story. I'm the one who's doing the interviewing. And so I have these list of questions that I'm purposefully asking. They're going to be drawing out story that are going to be drawing out these three aspects of story. So I, so I start in mind with a lead with a problem. So I start with, okay, we need to 
establish who this person is. I know who this person is. Actually, in this instance, Steve, I didn't. I had never met them before. Yeah. But people in our church know who this is. But let's say the majority of people don't. Okay, what's your name? Your name is Cliff. What do you do, Cliff? And we start to establish who this person is. Then, after Cliff, this guy's name, has told me all about himself, I transition it into, okay, Cliff, where does your story take a turn for the worse. And, and and this kind of delves into something different, which is the art of doing an interview, which which you kind of hit on, Steve. We have this kind of set of like secret interview questions that we like to ask that oh. almost seem to be magic. Um, I can share some of those with you yeah. later if you'd like. Um, but, but when it comes to actually putting together the whole story, I'm always kind of drawing from these three steps. So then we go into a mentor with a blueprint. Okay, so Cliff, where does your story intersect with our church central? And then Cliff dives into that part of the story. And then I, I have questions that draw from the third step, from the third bucket. Okay, where's your life now? After going through all these pivotal points, after getting connected with the church, after this life change and transformation, was it worth it? Like, did this blueprint that we gave you, this life in Christ offering, did it actually help you? And, and what are the results that you've seen from that? And then when I sit down into do the editing, I'm specifically and purposefully structuring the story, whether it's three, five, ten minutes, following these three steps. This is the arc. We establish the lead. We establish their problem. Then the mentor enters the story. Then the mentor offers a blueprint, and then we get the results from the intersection of these two characters. And let's go back to Star Wars for just a moment. That's what happens. We're introduced to Luke Skywalker. We're introduced to his crummy life and all the problems that he has. Then, step two, he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan goes, hey, Luke, did you know that your dad is actually a big deal and your life is so much better than this? And there's this thing called the Force, and it's, you know, the good versus evil, and the survival of the universe and the galaxy all depends on this. Want to be a part of it? And Luke's like, yes. And and then Luke goes through the result from the the, the decision. Step three, he doesn't believe in himself. He's like... I'm just a farmer from Tatooine. I am not meant for this big life. And and this is where so many of our stories hit a snag, where our church will come and say, look, your life is meant for more. Here's what you need. Get in a small group. You know, do marital counseling. Here's how to become a better parent. Here's how to manage your money. Here's how, you know, all of these blueprints and ways of living a godly life. And people are like, yeah, but I just can't do it. It's not for me. And, and we see this in Star Wars in that pivotal scene where Luke is flying down the Death Star's trench and everyone is whispering in his ear, Luke, focus on the monitor and you'll be able to shoot the torpedo into the Death Star. The good guys will win. And then Obi-Wan is whispering in his other ear, Luke, trust the Force. Trust the blueprint that I gave you. Turn off the monitor. And and this is the pivotal scene. And, and this is something that we see in the lives of a video story all the time. We've got... The whispers in one ear of the way this person used to be living, their friends and family, people that maybe aren't the best influence. And then we have this other side saying, you know, this is the life that God wants for you. This is the way that God is asking you to live. Does it seem completely backwards? Yes. Luke should not have turned off his monitor, Steve. That was what was helping him shoot on target. And yet, that was the correct advice. He was meant to trust the force, which, of course, is a metaphor for trusting God, trusting the Holy Spirit. And, and so that's the third bucket. And so when I'm crafting my video stories in that editing room, I'm following this three-step formula because this is how stories are told. And what's great about this, one tiny extra thing I want to add on. Yeah. The, other, the last story that we did, for some reason, Steve, I was just not motivated to do it. 
I wasn't having that creative passion that is normally pushing me through projects. And if, if for those that are working in contributing to church work, we know what it's like. There's yeah. always another Sunday coming. Yeah. It's always sooner than it should be, it seems. <laughs> yes. And the great thing about formulas like this, Steve, is that we're able to kind of fall back on them. When I lose my creative juice, when I lose that motivation and that passion, as long as I just stick to my formula, if I stick to my structure, just like an architect, as long as they build everything to code and they know that, every, okay, this is what's going to balance. As long as we stick to that formula, we can consistently put out high quality content yeah. and we don't have to trust on our own passion, which we know is limited. So yeah. that's just an aside. That's why I love formulas also. Yeah. I mean, look, formulas um, for people that are listening can actually help you. That, uh, so if you're listening and you go, oh, I'm being put off by the use of the word formula, don't be put off by the use of the word formula because actually really what it is is a framework. And, you know, if that helps you tell a story better, then I'm all for that. It's not a, it's not a, um, a fake promise that you can kind of associate with the word formula sometimes. But really what you're talking about, Brady, is a, is a framework. And, you know, just from a really practical point of view, your editor, your video editor, knows your formula, knows your framework, so that uh, if I think of our, our video editors, the time that they take editing, if they knew the formula ahead of time, it makes their editing work so much easier because they're not having to, you know, and you think about the time that's involved in editing. Uh, and, and I know with my guys, it's just like that they, they, they're, you know, calling me up there going, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But I love this idea because it actually gives them, it empowers them to work within a framework and actually bring to me on my first run through a, a video, they can almost get this right instead of, do you know what I mean? It, it, it's, there's a wonderful, yeah. it, I'm not talking about efficiency. Well, I, I guess I am in some ways, but it gives them a, it gives them guardrails in terms of where they're going. Cause often, you know, the, the person behind the camera is the same person that's editing and they've got a skill. So they've got a strength and a skill and, you know, it might be that their, their shooting is their skill and their secondary kind of skill is editing because they have to edit. And, you know, so it's kind of to have that handy framework uh, is so useful because sometimes I'll sit down with a video person who's editing and it'll be, they will be relying on me uh, to be the producer, to be the video editor. And, you know, having a framework really, really just helps them do their work well. Well, and for, I don't know where this rejection or, you know, feeling of uncomfort comes with formulas and, and high efficiency because every single movie that you'll watch in a movie theater follows the same formula. Yeah. Story follows a formula. Yeah. It, it's the way that story works within our brains. We are wired by God yep. to interact with stories. I mean, the Bible itself is is just a collection of stories and how we're interacting with God throughout human history. Jesus himself spent at least 35% of his teaching using story. That's from Robert Stein's book, The Method and Message of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So Jesus comes to earth and he's got these insanely huge truths that he needs to communicate with us. And he chooses story, almost always in the form of parables, to do it. And because the great thing, here's the thing. I... When I sat down to do like my first ever video story, Steve, it was like the greatest 
treasure in my life. And I dedicated so many hours to it. Yeah. Let's say 40 hours to the first video. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I was passionate and motivated for every single moment. And then they said, we need to do another one. And I was like, let's do it. And we sat down to do the interview and I realized, oh, the freshness and newness has kind of wore off. And in the past, when I didn't have a framework to fall back on, I would just rely on my motivation and my passion. This second video would be not nearly as good as the first because I was trying to paint with the blank canvas and I was trying to, you know, make it a magical moment and, and just, just go from the heart. And, and that's great if you're always 100% motivated. But the truth is that's not how... <laughs> life works. That's not at least how my creativity works. I cannot rely on my creativity. It is a cruel mistress. And yeah. sometimes she's there for me and sometimes she's like, Brady, you're on your own. Yeah. And the great thing about having this formula is that, like I said, it allows you to consistently output high quality material. And in the church world, where another Sunday is always coming, this is invaluable. Because we don't have to rely on ourselves. We can just rely on the framework, fall back on that, and we're good to go. And I'll tell you this. When we finished this second video, I showed it to our staff. And I was like, man, this video is not nearly as good as the first. This video is weak. Because that's how I felt about it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. We showed the five-minute story at our staff meeting. It was a Tuesday. I look around afterwards, and I'm like, I don't know how people are going to react. There wasn't a dry eye in the room, Steve. Our lead pastor is, like, weeping. And he, and he looks at me and he says, wow, that video was so much better than the first. <laughs> and I say, what? This is crap. The first one was magic. <laughs> That's the power of a framework. That's the power of the formula. That's great. That's great. It's so good. And you've just touched on a really important point there in terms of as artists, you know, um, when we get inspired, we feel like something's so much better. But in, in fact, and, and we don't like routine. And we don't like the you know rhythm sometimes, and we think that actually d draws away from creativity, and draws away from uh, creating a, a wonderful moment or telling a wonderful story. But we are not the hero of the story. What we are creating or what the story someone's telling is really the focus, and we've just got to get out of the way and let the story unfold. Um, whether we're t spending five hours on a video editing and post and all that sort of stuff or 40 hours or whatever, the strength of the story uh, will carry it. Uh, you know, editing can help, but really, you know, how we, how we feel makes no difference to how someone receives the story. You can spend as much time as you want color grading, audio tweaking, the perfect slow motion, 120 frames per second B-roll of glory. And most people just won't care. <laughs> most people won't notice. But every single human on Earth interacts and gets drawn in to story. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, have you written about this at all in, in with those steps? We have an entire course inside of Pro Church Academy called The Skill of Storytelling. Fantastic. And it breaks down our entire process. And that is, in, like I said, Pro Church Academy. You can find that at ProChurchAcademy.com. Great. Well, I'd love but to. We do have several podcasts on storytelling as well. Right. I know Pro Church Academy, that's a big commitment. That yeah. is our highest level um, of, of training. So if you go do the Pro Church Podcast, just go to ProChurchPodcast.com. You can find it in iTunes. Just search for my name. Right. And uh, we did it. We did a session 
session with Steve Fox. Steve was one of yeah, our yeah. first guests back in the day. And uh, right. we have plenty of sessions on storytelling in there. So if you want to learn more about it there, yeah. that's a great spot also. Uh, great. Well, I'll also link to it in the show notes as well. And, um, yeah, I, I listen to it all the time. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you, that, Steve. Yeah, Thank and, you. and it's always really, really high quality interesting and diverse um subjects that you that you guys talk about and um brady i just want to say thank you so much for uh being so agile today and being so um available today i really appreciate your time today thank you sir this was a blast you're listening to stevefog.com